0: pitch swing and a high fly left center field the edge of the track the left fielder Wade makes the catch the ball game is over the Angels win the series two games to one with an eight nothing victory here at Fenway Park and instead of Joe falling out of his chair everybody else fell out of their chair yesterday eight nothing the final it was UGLY over at Fenway But Jaron Duran is on the way, but is it only because Kike Hernandez can't play? Among the many questions we have for the gentleman joining us now on the Harbor One Hotline, it's his turn to check in with our friend Will Fleming, one of the voices of the Boston Red Sox. Uh, Will, how do you sum up yesterday, friend?
1: I would like to say that the way my head feels is because I had 10 margaritas to celebrate the Cinco de Mayo, but... uh... Same. It's not. I mean, it was uh, that was a rough one yesterday. You know, I actually, guys, think that it's more about like all the booze and all the malcontent that I think is somewhat justified. Uh, I think it has more to do with the night before, like yesterday. That's going to happen in the course of a baseball season. I mean, Otani is unbelievable. Uh, I thought it was actually very cool to be able to see him with our own eyes. He's just such a spectacle to be able to do what he does on both ends, and really maybe his best start of his career at Fenway Park, where Babe Ruth pitched. That was really fun, actually. I mean. Fun might not be the right word right now, right. but it was wild to see. Um, it was the night before and all of these late collapses that I think kind of accumulate to put people in a salty mood. Uh, and and I, so I think that was more like taking out the frustration at the four blown leads in the ninth inning or later um, and the lack of offensive production so far this year. Overall, you guys know the story. It's just not been nearly good enough.
2: I think a couple of questions that have emerged over the the past couple of weeks, Will, has been not only the role of Garrett Whitlock, but also Tanner Houck, who pitched yesterday. He's been in the starting rotation, and then obviously he can't make the trip to Toronto. We've also seen him pitch out of the pen a little bit, but those two guys, what do you think the best roles are for each of them?
1: Man, Um, so I've now thought for a long time, including this season, that Whitlock's best role is in the bullpen. And I still believe that. And and I know we can all be tempted by what he's done as a starter uh, because it's overwhelmingly great. And I think in the future, he's now showing you that he could be the kind of guy who is just an absolute gem and could be a star on the staff. He could be the ace of the Red Sox for four or five years. I mean, he's got that kind of stuff and mentality. But because of the shortcomings on the staff right now, to me, sort of intuitively, it makes sense that it's more valuable to, to have him three times a week when you know you have a lead, when you feel very good that he's going to close that down, than it does to say every five days we, we know he's going to give us a chance and we hope the offense does its job that day. I'd rather pick the days where the offense has done its job and let him go to work and finish those wins, because God knows that's what the Red Sox need more than anything right now. With an offense that has been kind of hit and miss, when they do hit, um, they need somebody to lock it up. They've not done that nearly enough. And, and Hawk is a little bit trickier, a little bit more interesting. I like him in the, the kind of the role that he pitched in yesterday where it might not have worked perfectly yesterday, but I, I know the, the Red Sox plan was to pair him with Chris Sale this year and have that kind of be a two-headed monster where the two of them, every five days, that's just the game, and, and you're locked that down. I like him following a starter maybe a couple times a week if he goes three innings or so. Not easy questions. Uh, But I think that both of them um, are so much more valuable in the pen because you don't have much else out there right now.
0: Will Fleming with Gresham Keefe here on WEI. Of course, Will joins us on the Harbor One Hotline. Trevor Story started to hear it from the fans. 25 games in, he starts to hear the boos. What do you make of his struggles at the plate? And are we now going to learn, as the great Steve Buckley uh, is famous for saying, Can Trevor Story handle the Boston baseball experience?
1: Uh, I think he definitely can. I didn't love the booze yesterday. I mean, again, I think people are obviously entitled to do whatever they want. And this is Boston. It's big boy town. It's baseball. And he's making a lot of money. I understand that. But he also, in the previous two games, doubled twice and drove in four runs. And and by the way, in Toronto, if Matt Barnes doesn't give up a home run to George Springer, uh, he puts him ahead with a double in the eighth inning. So I, I know that the overall body of work is not where he wants it to be and where Red Sox fans need it to be. I, I completely understand that. But just being around him a little bit, um, I think I can totally understand uh, that he, he he's he's going to work in Boston. I'm I'm very confident in saying that. I know that people are worried about it, but a lot of guys are struggling uh, in the big leagues right now offensively. I, I think it's in their form. I think he's shown some real athleticism defensively. Um, I guess – You know, he he was in the cage five minutes after the game working on it. I know Dan Shaughnessy's killing him, saying that's because he's ducking the media. Uh, I don't see it that way at all. I mean, I've really, i been around him now for three weeks. He's a totally stand-up guy. Um, So, no, I don't think this is Carl Crawford, not anywhere close. I know that's the nature of our market. We want to jump to conclusions very quickly, but I'm not worried about him working at
2: all. So, not a red flag to you at all, over four, four strikeouts, and doesn't talk to the media? Because I feel like that's sort of the beginning of this. Because I think, you know, nope, at not home, to me. okay, all right.
1: No, nope. I mean, I think it's Shohei Otani, and he missed 29 bats yesterday. I mean, he, he, he had more swings and misses than anybody in Major League Baseball. Uh, and so, Trevor Story, um, it, will he learn? I mean, is it the kind of thing where Alex Cora or Xander Bogart, or somebody like that uh, comes and talks to him and says, buddy, you know, we do need to talk to the writers because otherwise these things take on a life of their own? Uh, yeah, maybe so, but I don't like to me, I don't think it's intentional that he's ducking the media. I really don't knowing him. I don't think that's what he did. I think he was just really pissed off at himself. Um, and you saw the looks on his face after he swung and missed at those pitches. So I really think he was going to search for answers with JD and with the hitting coach. And, and that's, I think it's more that. And I think it's more like he'll just need to be more aware that otherwise, if you don't stand up and be accountable and just wait a little while, then these stories can, can kind of take on a life for their own.
2: Is leadoff the best spot for him? Because I know in Colorado he hit second or third primarily in his career there, and he's always been a big strikeout guy. So even when he's had the power and when he's, when he's been getting on base at a better clip, he still strikes out a lot. So isn't leadoff maybe not the best spot for him?
1: Hard to say. I mean, he's been pretty good there. His on-base went up a lot with the Red Sox when he was in the um – off spot and I know there was only room to go up overall. Right. I think again, it's sort of like with Whitlock and Hawk where they sit on this team. That is that answer is impacted by the fact that right now you don't have another pure leadoff guy. We know what Kike did last year. Um there's still a lot of swing and miss in somebody like Jaron Duran and I certainly don't think that he's gonna be asked to come up here and be the, the leadoff lead off guy and be you know that that kind of a role for him uh, after what happened last year. So I, I agree with you that he's not a perfect prototypical leadoff guy, but on this team, uh, I think it works. And uh, it's certainly – the other thing is, God knows you're going to see pitches to hit in front of Devers and Bogarts and Martinez. So I, I think for a guy like him, it can be a pretty comfortable spot.
0: Will, any word or some depth of perspective on what's going on with Kike Hernandez? And uh, attached to that, how do you expect Jaron Duran to be used?
1: So, uh i want to be a little bit careful on some of this stuff because i have heard some things from players that uh i don't want to you know speak out of school in terms of i don't even know what the rules are and the laws are and all this health stuff right but uh, i think uh, i've heard that it was okay in the first round of testing for him uh, and i guess we'll wait and see what the you know the more in-depth stuff uh, comes back with so that's that's all i really know right now on kike but he was feeling bad and they would send him home they just wanted to Make You know, they're, they're being cautious with this stuff, mm-hmm. and they wanted to isolate him from everybody. So that's that one. Um, as for Duran, you know, guys, I was sitting there with Joe, like, in the seventh inning last night, and we both just said something needs to happen. I mean, this team right now, and, and Alex Gore is pulling all the strings he can, trying to Geppetto his way through the bullpen and figure out what's going on, who can get him out, who can throw strikes. They needed a little bit of a jolt. And what's interesting about it is, Jaron last year, we all know that he struggled. He also, he told me in spring training that he came up and felt totally uncomfortable because he didn't want to be who he is and that he didn't talk. He didn't run around. He wasn't his emotional self, which is part of what makes him such a dynamic player. So I'm hopeful that when he comes back here, Uh, Look, again, they're not asking him to be the leadoff guy. They're not asking him to be the savior and come in and say, I'm Jaron Duran, I'm going to lift up this Red Sox team and carry you on my back. I don't think that's what they're going to ask him to do, but I do think that they're going to ask him to to have that advanced, better approach at the plate. Uh, I think that he will run a lot uh, because we know that this team needs a little bit of a jolt, and his profile in terms of an athlete who can get you. I mean, we saw him score from second base on a sacrifice fly in spring training. So, I mean, that's the kind of thing that you would love to see him get on base and just kind of fly around a little bit because speed and athleticism can jolt a team, um, and I think that this Red Sox team would
2: benefit from that. Well, Will, the latest on Zander Bogarts, apparently a friend of his told John Heyman that he's going (laughs) to leave after the season. I know how you feel about Bogarts. You want him locked up long-term. However, the flip side, if the team continues to struggle and he's out the door at the end of the year – I know he has a no-trade, but I'm sure he'd be willing to waive it to a certain place. Don't you have to consider trading him away?
1: God, I hope not. I hope we don't get to that point. Because to me, fellas, if we're at that crossroads, what is the point of the entire enterprise? Seriously. <laughs> I mean, we can talk about um, you know foundational building and sustainable championship level, and you can say if Xander was asking for 10 years and $350 million that that's not fitting the model of the Red Sox, but that's not what we're talking about. I mean, there, you just can't convince me there's not a way to come to an agreement that works for both sides. Um, and it's really disappointing to me that, the, that it seems like he was so hurt by the offer that was made to him. And uh, the people who are in the room making those contract offers are paid a lot of money to do that better than I am. But uh, I've said at many junctures that he is the heartbeat of this team, and he is. And more and more, the more you're around him, uh, watching this team, he is so important to, to the fabric of the club and the team in that room. Um, so I, let's just say I don't even want to entertain that. because I mean, if, if I accept your premise that there's no way they can get something done and he's definitely going to leave – well, yeah, then you, then you probably owe it to yourself to try to shop him. But I don't even want to go down that road because I, re- I just refuse to think that it's gotten that far. Um, I think a lot of this stuff goes on in the background uh, between agents and writers to try to drum up uh, more money and interest. And I think that's probably part of what's going on. Um, but I know that Xander was upset with the contract offer. I know that some of his teammates were upset that that was made to him. Um, and I just sure hope everybody can kind of sit down at some point and say, what well, guys, we need number two to be up on the facade uh, up on in right field next to 45 and thirty four because uh, that's where it belongs, um, and he should be with the Red Sox forever.
0: Will Fleming, one of the voices of the Red Sox here on the Red Sox network with Gresh and Keith, are guys gripping yet? And you know what I mean by that? Are they pressing? Like, is Matt Barnes looking around going, oh, boy, I know I'm getting paid a lot of money, but is my job safe? Have we, have you started to sense that yet, Will, around this team?
1: He's probably a little uneasy, yeah. I mean, you heard what he said after the game. Um, and it's not just the money. It's that here's a guy who has been an elite reliever for a lot of years. And when they gave him the contract, he was about the best relief pitcher in the American League, and it's not because of the contract, I don't think. I really don't think that at all, but since that time, uh, he's not been the same guy, and he, he's not been nearly the same guy. And I think more than anything, he's just probably thinking, wait a minute, I'm, I'm used to easily throwing 98 miles an hour, and it's, he's just not able to do that on the mound, and that must feel like a very vulnerable position. So I think, yeah, uh, he's probably a little uh, worried about what's going on on the mound, working hard to figure it out. But, yeah, I mean, he's a human being. How could he not have some questions about uh, the viability going forward and what what his status is in the game? Um, And I'm sure there's some other guys in that bullpen that feel the same way. And everyone uh, wants to turn this thing around. Again, I I remain totally convinced that the offense is going to hit. I mean, they've just got too many good guys, and you've seen what J.D.'s done the last few days i think they're going to hit and i think that's going to happen relatively soon the question becomes um, is it mid may when that happens and are you 12 games behind the yankees because they never lose mm-hmm. um, and that's the that's the number one concern we know there're more wild cards we know you can get into the playoffs other ways Um, But you got to get this thing pointed in the right direction before it spins out of control too much.
0: All right, so an interesting weekend over at Fenway. On Sunday, it is an 11.35 a.m. Eastern start time for the game that is on NBC. And then, Will Fleming, do you have to help Joe Castiglione log into his Apple TV Plus so you guys can see the game in the booth? Because you got the weird one on Sunday. You're on digital tonight. I, I worry about Joe getting logged in on all these different platforms?
1: You don't need to worry about Joe. All that needs to happen is everybody needs to say, screw TV, listen to radio all the time, because we're on every single oh, night there on ninety-three-seven and throughout the entire network. Who cares what baseball's doing? Making it almost impossible for the television viewer to find the games every night, but it is not <laughs> hard to find us. Just download the Odyssey app. And get up, get on and listen to us anywhere you are. Look at Perfect. you!
0: What a great uh, what a great plug there. And you're right, baseball is making it difficult to be able to uh, find these games. So just turn on the uh, Red Sox network. Will, thanks for the time. We will catch you next week. Have a uh, have a good weekend with all these goofy start times.
1: How about three wins? Let's do that. That would be a good weekend. And happy Mother's Day to everybody out there too. We'll talk to you about this you weekend at Fenway. Will,
0: thank you. There goes uh, Will Fleming.